And are and are you are you a fan or do you work for Sportsnet? I've been hired by the Blue Jays to be a fan liaison. You know, I'm kind of like a, a representative of the fans. They want to try and do better by the fans. I'm very excited that they're even Is your name Jacob? Yeah, yeah, it's me. Okay, happy spring, everybody. The sun is out, the snow is gone, and the Blue Jays pitching staff is dropping like flies. This is Underdogs. I am David Patrick Fleming, and here with me is Jacob Eamon. Uh, Just before we started recording today, we got the news on Kirby Yates. Kirby Yates is the latest Blue Jay to go down. He has a flexor pronator strain in his elbow and is pitching. I have no fucking clue what that is. Yeah, what is that? Nothing nothing in the elbow is good, Jacob. Nothing. You have anything in the elbow, you're fucking done. Especially when you're him. He hasn't pitched in 2019. Is that what he had before? No, he had the bone spurs or something. And uh, yeah, but... even when you're not his age, but when you're his age and you get a problem with your elbow, uh-oh, they say he's out for weeks. God knows what that means, and God knows how long it'll actually account to. But also earlier in the week, Thomas Hatch goes down with some sort of elbow issue as well. You got Nate Pearson, who pulled a Reese McGuire and yanked his groin. And uh, <laughs> he's gonna be he's gonna be out, and they're saying best case scenario, maybe he's back uh, after the first series against the Yankees that okay. they open the season with. I I don't know, man. That wasn't uh, that wasn't a source of great depth to start with. Not that Kirby Yates is a starter, but losing Hatch and then losing Pearson. That's that's a real a real vulnerability. And so then yesterday, Sportsnet televises the game, and Ryu is supposed to start, but the Blue Jays they don't they don't want to show the Yankees Ryu. No, he's their secret weapon, the soft toss and lefty. They're they're keeping him from the Yankees. Because they think the Yankees, because obviously Ryu is going to pitch for the Blue Jays on opening day in New York. Maybe. Maybe he's going to pitch day two. You know? Oh, (laughs) hot, hot, sizzling (laughs) hot take coming from Jacob Eamon. You think he's not going to start the season, eh? I (laughs) That was just kind of trying to take a pot shot at the Blue Jays. Um, uh, Just kind of, you know, the... How they lined him up for the playoffs, you know, didn't want him uh, going against the number ones. You know, I don't know. I don't know what their plans are. Maybe he needs an extra day of rest getting ready. Well, apparently for the- their plans are to just throw a bunch of left-handed uh, pitchers at the Yankees because you're going to get Ryu, Robbie Ray, Steven Matz. Smart. Really smart. <laughs> but I will say Robbie Ray, Steven Matz, I don't know if whistles show up on the mic, but wow. That, My prediction. They're audio, comeback, man. They, they, that works. 
I thought whistles were just visual. I didn't uh, realize <laughs> no, that. No, that's that's blowing. I heard mind. it. Um, Stephen Matt's still going to be the comeback player of the year. I'm throwing Robbie Ray into the mix as well as I texted you. So that's in stone. I have it in text message. Dual comeback players of the year. So there is some upside in that. But then what happens now is that you're digging into a garbage pile to fill in that spot. And I guess uh, that garbage pile, you bring your claws out and you drag up a guy like Ross Stripling. <laughs> yeah. How do you yeah, feel yeah. about that, Jacob? I mean, I don't know. I feel like I've never seen Ross Stripling pitch before, despite the fact that he was on the team. I don't know. We got him at the deadline? Yeah, we got him at the deadline. We got him at the deadline. I don't know. He he pitched some, some swingman roles for us, some long relief. I guess maybe he started a game. You know, this spring training, I, I feel like I've maybe seen him on a field cam. I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know if he's any good. I know that he isn't good enough to be in the rotation uh, under normal circumstances. He's not good enough to be in a bad rotation. That's probably all we really need to know about a guy like Ross Stripling. Yeah. Um, on the other side of things, though, we get to see some of our really promising young pitching depth, Alec Manoa. Yeah. Mowing down Just the Just yeeting it. Seven in a row, baby. Wait, are those visual or are those audio? No, well? those work, man. <laughs> uh, struck out seven Yankees in a goddamn row. Hmm. Um, so that's really promising. So obviously, you know, the, the, the romantic in me wants, well, let's bring him. Let's put him in the Blue Jays rotation. But they've already optioned him. Uh, he's no longer with the team. So that's not going to happen. When I got a question. When did when did Thomas Hatch become everyone's favorite pitcher on this team? He's not anyone's favorite pitcher. Hopefully, he's just sort of like you know. There's uh, three steaks left in the bin at the grocery store, and one looks a little redder and maybe a little fatter, and so you're gonna choose that one. And then you go to grab it, and it somebody else gets it and throws it on the floor and then someone steps on it. And so then you're left with this thin ass marinating steak that you have to use. I, I just feel like everyone talks about hatch. Like, like he's the next big thing and like his long-term future in our rotation. And like, I don't know. He seemed, I feel like his, his best attribute last year was just being like, pretty good like being like unnoticeable whether it was like great or bad you know but there was average. a time last year and it was like that brief window of time where he was really good and i think people got really excited about that i think me and you even got really excited about that yeah and maybe okay. there's like a bit of hang on there because he, he wasn't it's not like he kept that up but uh i don't know sometimes just when you're familiar with a name it's just something that you want you're like i know him i know him i want him to pitch right okay and now we're, uh, you know, scraping around at the barrel. Right. But he wasn't He wasn't going to be in this rotation, right? Like, he wasn't going to be not with a healthy, Not with a healthy Pearson, and no. All right. So we're looking at, we're looking at Roark as a, as a four now, right? Fuck Tanner Roark. I don't know what it is that I'm 
projecting onto him. I don't know why he gets uh, underneath my skin. I I just want to say this is very like me just being an irrational fan and making up what a guy's like when I've never met him. I have no idea what he's actually like, but I just feel like he's a douchebag who makes excuses all the time. Like even yesterday he uh, pitched and the mound was wet. And he kept kicking the dirt in this sort of surly way. Like, come on, how am I supposed to throw on this wet dirt? That's why I let up eight runs because the dirt's wet. And it's like, fuck you, man. And like last year, it was like, I'm not, I don't like the way I'm being used. I'm a diesel engine and I, I should throw 200 innings a year and I'm being misused. And then it's like, oh, well, I really like when Alejandro Kirk catches me. And uh, dude, relax. You're like 40 years old. We might be able to get 200 innings out of him if they allow us to take him out mid-inning and then bring him back in to start the next inning. And we kind of just, you know, every, t- every time a, a couple runs go in, we take him out. <laughs> then- so anybody who didn't see the game yesterday, there's something in spring training where uh, you can take a guy out and then put him back in. Obviously, you can't do that in normal circumstances. So Tanner Roark got shelled in the first inning. Let up like, I don't know, four or five runs. And then Charlie Montoya took him out <laughs> and he looked, you know, like he always looks like what? <laughs> and uh, then started the next inning. There he is again. Just brought him right back out. Yeah. Basically put him in the jolly jumper and put him on the mound. And he just everything was high and over the plate and slow and his sliders were Frisbees and they were just crushing it. And I know it's spring training. I know it doesn't matter, but it's not like he didn't do that last year. He it felt got like it mattered. Destroyed by the Yankees last year. Yeah, it felt like it mattered though yesterday. And like, I look, I spoke to Ross personally. I had a meeting with him with my new job. I tried to get, I tried to get Tanner Roark, like to not be starting on that day. It was supposed to be Ryu. I talked to Ross. They they couldn't they it couldn't get done apparently. So. We, Wait, what your your new job? What are you talking about? I got this job, okay, and I know everyone's gonna be a bit, you know, surprised. I can't believe Jacob even, you know, he's got the he's doing the underdogs. He's a he's a you know, a middling kind of Canadian actor, well known in the theater industry in Ontario, but maybe not in some other places or in the film and TV world. I get that. So it's kind of a surprise. I got this job. I am a fan liaison. With the Toronto Blue Jays. What? So how yeah. did you not tell me this, man? Like you're just dropping this news on I had episode seventy two. I was NDA'd out of my mind. I couldn't say anything. They they they're only just allowing me to say it now. Um I don't it, it was supposed to be waiting until the season started that I was gonna be allowed to say anything about it. But uh they they wanted me to get it out there with the fans so that I can start, you know getting some more suggestions from fans, you know, talking to people, getting some people to write into the show so so we can kind of use that to then talk to Ross and and kind of get the ball rolling with with how this team can, you know, better serve the fans, which is what it's all about, right? Or what I thought it was, but I'm not so sure anymore. Oh my god. So yeah. you you spoken to like the Blue Jays higher-ups? Yeah, man. They 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 brought me in. I get I get to have a meeting with 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 basically Ross, Mark, like any of those guys, it, basically they said if they can make the time work and if my schedule is open, which as you know, it's fucking 
sailing wide. It's wide open right now. I can get in there anytime and uh, just have a have a little meeting. I can bring up some concerns, have some questions for them, etc., etc. And I'm, I'm I'm recording to hear that secretly. meeting. Yeah, yeah, You're I got recording to recording it. it. Yeah. Holy! They don't know man, that, I, of course. Oh man, you're gonna get in shit. Wow. Well, I mean, obviously, you just don't show anybody. Don't put it on. Don't put it on the podcast. That's for damn sure. Well, as far as I know, they they're not listening to the podcast. They, you know, so I'm 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 thinking we can we can play it if 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 you want. Light it up, man. Just uh, pull up pull up the. Uh, the iPhone here. I apologize if the if the sound isn't great, but uh, oh, uh, wow. Uh, hey, hey, Ross. I just wanted uh, before we get started. I just wanted to thank you so much for for bringing me into the organization here. This is obviously a dream come true. I'm uh, I'm, I'm I'm nervous. I'm giddy. I'm kind of my palms are sweating here, and I I'm just so excited to meet you. And uh, again, you know, after we I met you at the at the interviews and everything, but uh, you know, to finally get started and doing some some work here with the with the organization. So thank you. Yeah, yeah, Jacob. It's it's good to be with you. And so uh, I don't know what what the format is here, but uh, you know, I. I wrote a couple of things down here. I don't know if you guys had some questions for me or if you wanted me to just kind of get into what, what I was thinking and what, uh, what the fans are thinking. Yeah. So as you know, uh, there's so many components to any kind of decision-making that we do here with the Blue Jays. I'd love to sit here and tell you that, uh, I have uh, every conversation with every person, but there's so many teams. There's the players and there's Charlie and there's uh, conversations with ownership. And so there's a lot of moving parts. And so for us, what we'll do is you ask us the questions and we'll do our best to try to give you the answers that that we feel comfortable giving you. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's great. Um, so I guess I'll just get started here. I just want to jump right in. I know this might be a bit of a, you know, we're going to kind of figure out our relationship, how open I can be about things, how open you can be about things. Of course, you know, like fans, they get pretty worked up and <laughs> I, I got to do my best to kind of bring their concerns. And I'm sure you got we, we love the the passion that the fans have yeah. and and the the amount of time that the fans are putting into our team and our players and it's just a really exciting time for the Toronto Blue Jays and for the organization totally yeah okay so i'm sure you are aware maybe maybe you guys aren't but uh I'm guessing you are. There's there's been a lot of talk. The fans have been quite upset um, about the the lack of coverage. Um, I'll say in spring training here, there's been uh, only a third of the games are being televised out of the out of the thirty, and seventy percent of that third, of course, is coming all in the final week um, before the season started, and that's you know you're about to just have your first broadcast with with Buck and Tabby and the Sportsnet. And so with all of that being said, I saw that, you know, coming up on Sunday, you know, the first Sportsnet broadcast, the first coverage of the Blue Jays, the 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 let's go get it uh, happened on Sunday. It's all set up. We got a big game 
you know, fans are excited. They're they're finally going to get to watch their new team, see Springer, you know, see Simeon. And it seems like it's going to be a great preview of the opening day of the season. We got we got Garrett Cole, Yankees versus Blue Jays. Garrett Cole versus Hunjin Ryu. Except for, it turns out, it's not going to be Hunjin Ryu. And Hunjin Ryu is pitching on some sort of backfield. He's doing a simulation game. And instead, you're bringing in uh, Tanner Roark. And, uh, you know, that, I'm just going to say, is not super great for the fans. The fans, I mean... I'm sure there's some people that like Tanner, but you know, the fans really are hoping for this kind of big, exciting clash. You know, you got power versus finesse, and instead we're gonna have Tanner Roark. And I'm just wondering if there's anything, you know, you know, kind of move some things around, you know, Ryu's ready, right? Maybe just maybe we could just pitch Ryu instead of Roark. Right? What I mean, what what's going on with the team? Yeah. So First off, I just want to say again that I, I, we love the passion from the fan base and the fact that we've got people on Blue Jays Twitter and wanting to know everything about the players. And that's really one of the things that is the draw of this organization is feeling like you're a part of the nation, feeling like you've got not just a city, a great, beautiful city of Toronto, but an entire country uh, bending around this team. And so when we see that, it makes us uh, excited. Now, to uh, one of your many questions in that long-winded question that you uh, asked me, um, yeah, with the TV stuff, uh, it's been a complications based on availability of certain uh, components of our organization and with the TV rights and with the many factors that are coming because of this uh, global pandemic that we are all experiencing. And uh, we just want the fan base to know that when the regular season starts, we'll be up and ready with the full games. And we hope that the uh, the hunger from the fans continues. And, and we're really excited that they're excited by our players so that's gonna that's gonna be a no then on on Roark Roark's going there's no uh no no budget in that no uh you know fiddling with the lineups there yeah so in in terms of uh Tanner Roark. Uh, he, there's so many conversations with Charlie and with Pete and and with Hunjin and 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 the rest of our training staff and and then people in the organization that have nothing to do with the athletes themselves. They weigh in as well, and we we take into consideration what they might think, even though it's not based in anything. And and then we come to our conclusions. And yes, I, I'm sure the fans would love to see uh, Hunjin Ryu pitch, but uh, you know, we, we also are big fans of Tanner Roark and, and we're excited about what he has to bring to the team. Okay. I get that. Um, you know, there are some people that have, and I don't know where it's come from. I heard on a podcast, you know, there's, there's guys that are can, comparing Tanner Roark to like Rosie O'Donnell in terms of kind of a physical, um, appearance kind of a, a, a you know Rosie was in that in that movie she was playing baseball maybe there's a similarities between how they play baseball I don't know that's just what I'm hearing so like 
we're we're just concerned that Tanner's going to get real lit up. It's going to be this 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 real sad. I, I'm I'm just going to stop talking. Why don't we move on here? I know that you can't you know you can't rip on Tanner the way the fans might want to rip on Tanner, even though I think yeah. you probably yeah. you probably rip on him with Mark. Maybe we'll get there in our relationship, and you can be a bit more open, a bit less. I don't know. You the way you answer the questions is is pretty crazy. You know, I got I got to learn some of that stuff from you because you say a lot without without really answering, yeah. don't you? Hey, Jacob, uh, really enjoy uh, the conversation we're having. We've actually had some discussions. I've just had them on my phone here, tweeting while you're talking, and it, it does seem that um, through multiple factors and because of the pandemic and for financial reasons, we're we're gonna have to let you go. What? What? No, you're messing with me. Yeah, no, Jacob. Thank you, though, for your continued passion in the game. And we hope your podcast starts to really heat up and people really, you get a lot more listeners and that the fan base is excited about what you're doing. Look, 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 I'm just going to say we can, you don't have to, you guys don't have to pay me. I'm just going to keep coming. I'll be around. You guys don't say anything. And we just, oh. Okay. Uh, yeah, Security's yeah. gonna be here. Yeah, and there I, you go, Jacob. Right uh, out that. Right out that. Okay, door. it was great to. Man. Yeah. Oh fuck, man! What the hell? Shit. Dude, you got fired. That's I didn't. Sad. I didn't get fired. It's fine. They, he was just messing with me, and I'm sure I'll be back in there in no time. They just gotta clear some things up, move some money around, and I'll be. I'll be back. You know, they they're really liking the work that I'm doing. I know. Maybe it doesn't sound like it at first, but we're 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 texting. Uh, they option Montoyo's contract. He'll be he'll be managing these Jays through uh, 2022, and they're in discussions right now with extending Ross Atkins. Are you are you on board with this uh, with this leadership group? Are you on board with Atkins? Are you on board with Montoyo? Are you on board with Shapiro? Do you do you like what's what's going on i don't i mean i don't feel like we have a choice you know like i don't know what the alternative would be it's kind of weird to even think that but, ross is but just in pre- pretend you had a choice would you would you are you for it or would you do you want Look, somebody else to come in i feel like they've done a great job how can you yeah how can me, you say otherwise I, like i don't i don't think you can I but I know that there's a lot of people out there that trash on them. I mean, Shatkins doesn't just get uh, used as a common phrase without people who don't like what the organization is doing. But Ross has grown on me so much. And I feel like he's really trying. And I feel like he knows what his the perception of him is. And I feel him trying to loosen up a little bit. He's trying to be more relatable. He's trying to be... Um, more generous in the things that he says, his answers to his questions and stuff like that. And not like that's a big part of his job. That's just really the PR element of it, but it's an exciting team. It's an exciting team. And they've got most part, like pretty good controllable contracts on this team. And I'm all for it. Yeah. I mean, like they came in at a time where they knew that they had to tear things down after the most success that we had had in 20 years. So, of course, of course, they weren't going to be liked to to begin with. They had to they had to develop the farm, you know, get all these prospects that we're psyched about now. And now, to think that 
yeah, I mean, five years, great. Another five years for uh, Ross to keep doing what what he's doing. I mean, it's still like there's still always so much mystery. I feel like in this leadership group of who's pulling the strings, who's in charge. We kind of talk about Ross and Mark, like they both do the same job, or like I don't. It's Ross. Right, like it's it's Ross that's that's running the baseball operations along with his his team and all the guys that they say there's a million guys making these decisions together. But uh, I, you know, I, five five more years, I'm very very psyched to have uh, Ross Atkins keep keep going. And what about Montoya? I mean, that's it's so that's, tough to know, isn't it? It's, it's so, so tough, tough to know. know what the value is. Yeah, but I would imagine if you're in if you're into Ross and you're into his team, then you'd have to at least, you know, you'd have to assume that he's making a good decision or uh-huh. what he feels is the right decision. Yeah, and we and, we don't really know how much of how much of Charlie is a puppet to do what the front office wants. I'm sure that's a that's a major thing. Um, but to me, it's just like, do the guys want to play for him? And yeah, there's, there's and, been no indication that that they, the team doesn't like playing for him, and that he is respected. So, you know, there's a there's a vibe on this team. You know what I mean? And I think vibe goes a long way. And I'm not saying it's all Charlie that creates that vibe, but he at least, you know, he allows it to continue, allows it to grow, sprinkles a little water on it. I mean, even yesterday in the game when George Springer's getting the, um, did you see his uh, mid inning? interview that he did in the dugout yeah. and and vladdy came out and was uh fucking with him and then started like waving like that's that's who vladdy is for me like he's just this kid who who needs to be relaxed like that he needs to be playful like that and we've seen him be playful like that when he was playing like shit and it, and it can be a little frustrating but when he's hitting as good as he is right now and then you see him also really relaxed hmm. That that for me is the most exciting thing of of the off season. Is, yeah, is just the work he's put in and the and the early results that he's getting right now. To see Garrett Cole afraid to pitch pitch the ball anywhere near the strike zone to him yesterday, that first at bat, and it's not like the you know you can easily pitch around Vladdy and you don't have to face anybody else. It's a stacked lineup, and he wouldn't throw a strike to him. Yeah, I mean the three zero pitch. Yeah, he got it on the outside part of the plate, but it's also just that like Vladdy looks like he's not chasing nearly as much as he did last year early on in the spring training. He used to chase a lot. He mm-hmm. looks relaxed. He's not doing that big, you know, grab the bat, stare at it, and do those big breaths like of like kind of trying to calm himself. He just seems naturally calm right now. Yeah. Well, I think last season he had to you know he knew that he could reach and kind of stab a ball that was out of the zone and flip it over into the opposite field and just get a single do whatever he could to try and get on base because he was struggling to hit the ball the way that he's used to hitting the ball and now it's just like he just has to wait he can just wait and he'll take the walks and when he gets the balls in his happy zones which are which is a much larger zone i think now with his athleticism he can just crush it we haven't seen many games this year, obviously, on in spring training, and that's you know we've spoken about that enough. But uh, from what we've seen, you know, we've seen Vladdy crush some balls. We saw Springer hit one to the uh, track off Garrett Cole yesterday. We saw uh, 
Bryce Harper hit one to the wall when they were playing the Phillies. I know they spoke about the ball being dead, but does the ball not seem deader than the oh my the God. amount of dead that they said? Like it looks like guys are walloping the ball, and it's just and it frustrates me so much because I'm like, if all year I'm just gonna be watching a bunch of dead ball flyouts. Oh my, that's worse. It's a worst case scenario. Now there's other factors. There's weather, you know, whatever. It, but the sound of the bat and the trajectory off the bat, like I've been watching baseball a long time. A lot of those just look like you're just prime for them to be dingers. Yeah. I'm I'm super curious about that because I'm trying to figure out myself, like when I'm watching, like the Bryce Harper, I'm like, boom, gone. Um, <laughs> yeah, totally. And that's just what you expect, what you're used to from the way the ball's been traveling. And I'm I'm kind of excited about it because I feel like now that I've especially like seeing Simeon hit that bomb yesterday, knowing that like it can still be done. And like, we haven't seen, again, we haven't seen a lot of baseball, but there have been guys that have been hitting home runs like Forrest wall and Palacios. These guys have been, these, these kids have been hitting home runs. We haven't been able to see it. Um, but it can be done. And I'm wondering if it's like the line drive Homer is going to come back. There's going to be less of these just like moon shots that kind of go one row back like super high but like that it might really i know we've talked about uh, it being good for the power of the blue jays but for someone like vlad especially to just like who hits rockets that there will be more like like straighter flatter trajectory home run maybe to to get it out i don't know I, it it just doesn't it's not that sh- that easy looking shot where it was like which was so frustrating for me is like watching pitchers to just like they look so dejected to now like you see a guy turn like Garrett Cole turn around look back and then like just kind of like oh shit yeah that I can I can um challenge a bit more without just being um obliterated if I make a mistake I thought Springer went deep yesterday yeah like I I thought I thought that was gone same and i think i feel and like you said cole thought it was gone too and then it just and i was like when they put the camera on springer when he was running back to the dugout i was like trying to look at every little thing in his face to to see if he was doing any sort of like huh like that that's normally a home runner that's weird or the ball that he just seemed normally seemed uh-huh. like i guess i just didn't catch it so yeah who knows well, what they talk about behind closed doors but my hope know. is it's that, just something to sorry my hope is that that it is like those times where they're not like surprised that it that it was going out before, where like they where they were missing it and it was just sailing out of big guys, especially you know, people talk tons about Rowdy missing it and getting it out or Teoscar or Aaron Judge these like massive guys, and Springer can hit a dinger like 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 any of those guys and that, you know, it didn't look like he was disappointed, you know, it just like it he just didn't get it. And that's what I hope it is that it, that it's just like to hit the home run. These guys know it instantly now, and 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 they they can't just squeak one by. That's not supposed to go out. Goes out when you hit it, you know. Yeah, I will say Springer's starting to grow on me too. Oh, <laughs> I haven't called him Cheetos since uh, I don't know, maybe like two episodes ago or something like that. I was gonna call him Cheetos today, but more like playfully. Uh, even even in that moment when he hit the ball to the warning track or you know whatever, just gunned it right out of the box. Yep. And, yeah. Uh, it's just a small thing, but it's a big thing. And the way he is in the media is a little bit awkward. 
And I saw this video of him where he's sort of placating to Canadians that made me go like, oh, come on. Like well, he's talking were, about his Crocs or, or whatever. Yeah. Well, they were like, what's your favorite sport? NFL, NBA or NHL? And he's like, got to go NHL. And they were like, who's your favorite team? He's like, oh, I don't have one. I was like, oh, really? Hockey's your favorite sport, and you don't have a favorite team. I thought he likes the Blue Jackets, but then he changed it to the Leafs. He, no, he but he said that after he said, I don't have a team. And then he goes, I have a buddy on the Blue Jackets, so I watched some of the Blue Jackets. Right, 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 right. Like, come on, man. Just be yourself. I, I, I will say, though, like, other than that answer, like... He was so charming and like uh like playful. I thought I got like I, I got a sense of what he's I feel like maybe he's like talking with with his buddies and stuff. I I'm I'm a big fan of the guy so far. Yeah, no, I know you are. But uh and, and I'm getting there. I'm getting there, but it's gonna take some time. It's gonna take some time and it's gonna take some numbers, baby. Without it's all about the numbers. Without talking about Roark again specifically, I'm just like <clears throat> this Yankees thing, man, this this I feel like we still have this uh, this real big chip on our shoulder about the Yankees, like even 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 some of the younger guys and seeing seeing the struggles that just like feel like they happen as soon as a big guy like Garrett Cole, like you didn't see it with Vladdy, his at bats, he's looking confident and everything. But even just the way that the announcers talk about like these gods, the Yankees that we have to pitch to, and Garrett Cole, like I just. I feel like we're gonna be a good team, and we need to like get prepared for that. I don't know. Do you do you have that sense that we're still like afraid of them? I I had got the sense that they're afraid of Garrett Cole. Um, not necessarily that they're afraid of the Yankees as a whole, but I will say that the Yankees are the team that still make the Blue Jays the underdogs. Right, and I was thinking about that because I was thinking about all these additions they have, and I was like, "Well, our podcast is called the Underdogs. Is it is it even true anymore? Are they the underdogs? The Yankees will still always make the Blue Jays underdogs, and I don't know. I don't. I don't know if it's. I don't think they're afraid. I don't think they're afraid of the Yankees, but I, I think that the Yankees are the team that the Blue Jays have their eye on. I think they put more attention on that team, um, and you know. I don't imagine that they get super excited when Garrett Cole's pitching. And maybe they do. Maybe they they love the challenge, but it doesn't look fun. Speaking of underdogs, who do you think is the biggest underdog on this Blue Jays team? <clears throat> that is like going to make the team or that's like around in spring training. I guess the former. Yeah. Who like who do you think is the who's who's the biggest underdog that is going to crack the roster yeah that's the question um now it's funny like my my mind still went to rowdy first for some reason um i start thinking a bit more and i'm like maybe steven matt's like that's a that's like a guy who i mean <laughs> you could talk about tanner roark as someone who's really struggled and has a lot of focus on him right now but um yeah offensively i think like I mean, it's hard to not just like pick the guy who's been the worst and say that he's going to be the underdog. But there's something about Rowdy that feels like he's still not, he still hasn't quite gotten the respect or gotten 
is like that he hasn't still hasn't earned his place on the team. He's still not like that guy in the pictures, you know, when the Sportsnet uh, cuts to commercials or comes back from commercials or you know the games tonight and there's there's Bo and there's Vlad and there's Hunjin Ryu. Like I don't know. There's and, and and yet when he's going and he's in his hot streak or just kind of how he played for most of the season before he got hurt last year. He he's he's up there with those guys in terms of uh, production. So there's something something about him and and you know obviously you know the the hair shaving his head how long he was holding <laughs> on to his hair for before he went and shaved it that adds an element of of feeling like an underdog to me. He's a sympathetic character for he's some a sympathetic reason. We character. with him because he came into the league and he you know had this story of uh, with his mother and yeah. his, his mother passing away and stuff. And he had a, a massive first couple weeks in the rowdy two bags. He was just hitting double after double. And I totally agree with what you're saying. I think I'm just thinking about it in a slightly different way because I, I see rowdy Teles and, you know, I'm like, Oh, that guy's fucking massive. And, you know, he isn't surprised me that he mashes dingers and that he's uh, a baseball player. If I said to you, uh, there's a guy who's 5'8", he weighs like, I don't know, 280. (laughs) (laughs) And he was going to make this big league ball club because he fucking knows how to hit. That, to me, is an underdog. To me, it's Alejandro Kirk, and I know he hasn't made the team. But if he does, he's the underdog for the ages, man. Yeah. We should put his fucking face... (laughs) <laughs> right on the logo for our oh for, for sure. our podcast because he is uh i i just think it's such a charming story just like a guy like him and i know it's like such a tough thing to now be endeared by the fact that he's kind of overweight and then for us to spend so much time like trash and bloody for for being overweight um but i guess at the end of the day it's about you know production yeah. being being good <laughs> you know if you, you, know, if you mash the, like. i don't care how heavy you are if you mash the ball and, yeah. and you know it doesn't seem like it gets in the way of you mashing the ball, then I'm I'm, I'm all for it. Pack on the pads, man. Eat whatever you want. Just mash. <laughs> he's hitting he's hitting the cover off the ball the same way he takes the cover off a Twix bar. Yeah, you know? I mean, I mean, if he doesn't make this team, that's that's what I'm talking about with with Ross at the next meeting. I tell you that much. The fans are going to riot if 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 alejandro kirk doesn't make the team at this point he's made the team right like the way that they're talking Dude, about I, I said it last time and you 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 weren't about it at all but i he he's my starting catcher i i i look man danny jansen's not a starting <laughs> catcher he's not if you get any other catcher with any kind of like uh big league experience i'm not like a caleb joseph or something like that but there's a ton of other catchers that should be starting over Danny Jansen. And I know he has potential. Well, Kirk's got results. Okay. Okay. And I don't see, I don't see with my eyes and I have no idea, obviously, but I don't see with my eyes, the big defensive upgrade in Danny Jansen. I saw, I saw Chase Anderson look like shit last year. I saw Trent Thornton look like shit last year. We saw Tanner Roark look like shit last year. You saw the bullpen have like a mid-season kind of meltdown, uh, kind of look like shit. You saw like Hunjin Ryu pitch well. And then, so then what? So then where do I gain the value in Danny Jansen? It's like, well, how do I see it as a fan? Where, where is it show up on the field? 
two home runs in a playoff game and then he's going to be my starting catcher? Why? Mm-hmm. Um, I, this, this is where the conversations always get real murky for me because I feel like it's really difficult as someone who isn't a part of the organization or hasn't been professional catcher to really understand the kind of ins and outs of what it means to be a good defensive catcher. Obviously, it's more than just throwing out runners. Um, it's it's can can we use pitchers um, production how how good a pitcher is to to measure how good a defensive catcher is how good the game calling is I don't know because you could I, I feel like a catcher can call a great game but if the pitcher isn't executing those pitches then you don't know like then then is it a bad pitcher is it a bad catcher yeah. it's it's so I mean, there's challenging also, there's also this and there's this other uh, element of like comfortability like do they trust the catcher yes or do they like question everything that he's doing do they feel safe and throwing to him so it, i think being catcher is like the toughest thing for a fan to to see the value yes it's really really tough because you don't even know if he is calling the game right you don't really know and so the pitcher is supposed to call the game and that's why i want a bat baby give me a bat give me a dude who can mash that's why I want Kirk. I mean, the uh, he's he's played so little time. <laughs> the beautiful story, man. It's a and and like you know, I mean, I'm I'm falling into a little bit of a trap there, you know, with that idea. But I'm not saying if it doesn't work, stick with it. I'm saying like even even like start with you know two games a week, and then let's see. Well, I think that's what it is. What what's gonna exactly what is gonna happen? Let's see. I think what your initial statement was was pitching or <laughs> catching five games a week instead of two. No, that's what I want. That is what I want. But I'm just trying to be realistic about how he gets there. And it's probably going to be with him just outplaying in those two games a week. With him batting 320, Danny Jansen's at 140. And they're just like, you know what? Let's put him in there more often. Now, maybe his body can't take it. Maybe his body can't, you know, catch, I don't know, fucking 100 games a year. Probably not. But, you know, run him to the ground. He's only going to get older. Yeah, and larger probably. Probably. Do you think that we've, um, and now I know, like, Bo Bichette has not had, like, a great spring, and, you know, that shouldn't really matter. He's still you know, incredibly talented, whatever. But what I was thinking yesterday when I was watching the game was that are we really considering what this offseason was like for Bo? Starts out with all this Francisco Lindor rumors. And, you know, he's been hearing that for a while. And then it starts to heat up and people are saying Lindor is going to play shortstop. And, you know, from a fan's perspective, we're like, of course Lindor plays shortstop. Lindor is amazing. Move Bo. And he hears all that. You know, he hears like Bo shouldn't be a shortstop. Bo's arm isn't that great at shortstop and blah, 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 blah. And then they don't get Lindor and then they get Semyon. And then people are saying, you know, maybe Semyon should be the actual shortstop on the team. Oh, I think he's better defensively than Bo. And like, are we considering what that could have done to his psyche in this offseason and maybe um, made him uh, get into his head and maybe want to make a, a point right away and, and, and want to prove people wrong. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to prove people wrong, but if you're pushing too hard, there is. 
Well, that's, I, I don't know if we are considering that. We're definitely considering it now that you bring it up. The interesting thing is, is that he says he's pushing less this this spring than he has in years past because he feels like he's, he isn't in jeopardy of not making the team and he doesn't feel like he has to impress anyone. He said that, that he's just worried about getting ready for for uh, opening day and getting his body ready and, and kind of all of the mental aspects of it. And so he isn't as worried about trying to produce in spring, which is, you know, it's interesting to, to hear, like, I don't know, I feel like I haven't heard, like, not that it's an excuse, but like an explanation behind struggle from from Bo, and maybe he maybe yeah. I mean, is... it's a small sample, and I mean he had that really great game on whatever that was Saturday, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I'm just digging at a, a story, but I, I put myself in that situation. I was like, that would bother me. You know, that would bother me. It it, it would if you were going to do a play, and everybody was talking about how there's this other guy who would be better at your part than you. Man, that would I, that would bother you, no? For sure, for sure. I just want to see him, you know, squeeze the ball on the tag out. You know, I, I at this point, I don't, I don't, I'm not so worried about him hitting the ball. I know he's going to hit. Um, it is the defense that I'm concerned about, and the the routine stuff. And I feel like that's, I when that happened again on, uh, was it yesterday? When uh, they Jansen threw uh, threw the ball to second to try and get the runner stealing, and he he just couldn't hold on to the baseball. I feel like I was trying in that moment to say, "Is this something that I've seen a lot? Can I can I actually say that, or does it just feel like that in this moment?" But it, there's just something about it that I'm like, "There it is again." Bo Bode's not not catching the ball from the catcher uh, at second base to to get this tag. I don't know what it is about that play. I'm just like that seems that seemed like a a, a normal thing that's happened to him a lot. Yeah, I'm hoping that him and having Simeon around. Simeon, Simeon, I don't know what the fuck it is. I have heard both all the time, but I I think you did show me the Google pronounce on Simeon, but you know whatever. Um I think having him around will probably be good for for Bo. Unless it's making it run. worse, unless he is in his head and he's like, well, I don't know. Day, That's what I'm saying, man. Daily. I was like, what kind of what's this dude made out of? Is he not a human being who like hates himself like the rest of us? Like, I don't know. I feel like that's a really tough thing to manage. Yeah. But you know, he probably doesn't hate himself and we'll never understand him because of that. Yeah, tr- probably. But I, I just feel like if, if I'm there in that shortstop position, I look over and I see this like gold glove guy who's just like kind of looking at me after every, every play I don't execute flawlessly and just like projecting onto him that he's thinking that I'm a piece of shit and that he should have my job, that that would be in my head for sure. Well, it depends on what, what their relationship's like off the field. Cause if he's like very encouraging to him all the time, I don't imagine he'll look over to him and be like, Oh no, but that might even be worse no. to me. That would be worse. You know, someone who, that <laughs> someone who's really positive. It's always to, like, worse when somebody loves you, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> it's really tough. Cause then you want to do good by them and you just fucking hate yourself. Yeah. And you keep fucking up. So apparently they do everything together now. They 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 feel that they they do practice. They they're in the same group for hitting practice, batting practice, and they're fielding the balls together, doing everything together, talking to each other. You see, I saw them in the in the in the dugout. I was I was I was noting that too. You know, 
Cavan was kind of on the outside. I was like, ooh, I wonder if Cavan's feeling like he's lost his his best buddy. Now 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 Simeon and Bo are talking and 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 Cavan's like scraping at his helmet trying to pretend like he's doing something. I'm, I'm reaching now, but uh <laughs> And on that note, we will uh, we will wrap things up. Jacob, we've been doing this shit for a year. One year. It's our 72nd episode. We've been doing it for one year. Yeah. Um, so thanks to everybody out there who is listening, who hits download every week or whenever we do the episodes. Um, if you want to follow us on Twitter at Underdogs Canada, if you want to follow us, uh, Jesus, that scared me. Uh, <laughs> if you want to um, get us on Apple Podcasts, subscribe, Spotify, however, however, yeah, okay, Jacob, follow. Sharing, okay, okay. <laughs> we we appreciate it. Is all I'm saying. You know? Jacob put some ice in his coffee today, and it's ramped him up. Sixteen degrees, and he's starting to feel that excitement. For baseball, we're gonna. Oh yeah, we're gonna be back before the season, and we are gonna do an over under. We're not trying to rip at the letters in any way. We did this last year. It's just a fun thing to do. Uh, so check that out. That'll be before the regular season starts. Uh, bye. <laughs>